All right, the scripture reading is from Haggai 2, 4 through 9. Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the promise that I made, made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit abides among you. Do not fear, for thus says the Lord of hosts. Once again, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations so that the treasure of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Evan. Will you all pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. First of all, this morning, I just want to say a special thank you to those who filled in for Reverend Jamie Lee and me last week. Um, Reverend Jamie Lee and her family ended up with the COVID. They were homesick. Um, boo. So glad you're back. <laughs> and um, I was in Loveland with my family um, to officiate my mother-in-law Janet's memorial service. One of the things that was repeated over and over again last weekend, gathered with my husband's family, um, about our beloved Janet, or Grandma Jay, as you've heard me call her, was how proud she was of her boys, how proud she was of her grandchildren, how proud she was of her family. And that definitely extended to her daughters-in-law. She was so proud of us. She always found something to just compliment and be proud of us. She was just really great. She's also the main reason why I was even able to get my master's degree 20 years ago or whatever. I had asked her to watch my baby at the time, Jacob, who turns 21 in a few weeks, when I started classes, and she said she would. She was a little hesitant. She had just retired, so she kind of had some plans, but she was like, all right, let's, let's try it. So a couple of years later, when I had another baby, Emery, and I was still in school, I was a little hesitant to ask her to watch both of them because I thought it might be a little much. But when I talked to her about it, she just laughed and said it was her pleasure. She loved those little boys. And she was so proud of me for working towards my goal of being an ordained pastor in the United Methodist Church. Because at her core, Janet was an encourager. With words, with actions, she supported all of us to be better and to grow. And I would not be here without her. 
Today we are concluding our sermon series um, during February, Black History Month, called Prophets from Our Past. We're looking, we have been looking at some stories of the biblical prophets that are minor prophets, alongside stories of bold black women in history. Today, I want to introduce you to Nichelle Nichols. Can we go to the next slide? There we go. In her youth, Nichelle was a gifted dancer, actor, and singer. She worked her first professional acting role when she was only 14 years old and had a successful career on stage for several years. In 1966, Nichelle landed the role with which she would make her mark on the world. She was cast in the brand new science fiction series, Star Trek. Woo! Someone's a Trekkie. Um, as communications officer, Lieutenant Uhura, 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 how do you say it? Uhura. Uhura. Oh, I thought I knew it and then I said it, it sounded wrong. Okay. Becoming the first woman of color in history in a leading role on prime time television. Uhura was smart, brave, dignified, and treated with respect. It was truly a groundbreaking role, considering that in those days, people of color were usually cast as either servants or maids. In 1968, at the height of the Civil Rights Movement, Nichelle and one of her white castmates made history when their characters shared the first ever on-screen interracial kiss. Many Americans were angered by the display of integration on a national television show, and the studio received letters of complaint. Producers responded by cutting Nichelle's lines, making her scenes shorter, and relegating her to the background. She considered returning to stage acting. But a chance encounter with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. changed Nichelle's mind. Dr. King, a self-proclaimed Trekkie, urged Nichelle to stay on the show because of how much representation mattered. I was reading that he told her that Star Trek was the only show he let his kids stay up late to watch. She was a symbol of hope and a source of inspiration to people of color across America. This would prove to be exactly right. Dr. May Jemison names Nichelle as her inspiration to apply to NASA. And she went on to be the first African-American woman in space. After Star Trek, Nichelle continued to inspire people. She became a recruiter for NASA, traveling around the United States, doing outreach to young men, and women of color. So our scripture that you heard Evan read earlier is from Haggai, and we almost know nothing about Haggai, who came upon the scene in about 520 BCE. He's what we call a post-exilic prophet. This means that the Israelites had been exiled into far-flung lands about 70 years earlier, they had been cast out of Jerusalem, cast out of their homeland by the Babylonians. But by this point, the Babylonian empire had 
fallen and the Persian Empire was now in rule. And the Persians were slightly nicer than the Babylonians in that they allowed any exiled Israelite to return to Jerusalem after, out of 70 year, after 70 years away. And these returned people were called the remnant. So whenever I say, like on a Sunday where there's only a few of us here and I call you the faithful remnant, that's what it harkens back to. One of the goals of the people upon returning to Jerusalem was to rebuild. Not only had their homes been destroyed, but the temple had been destroyed, and it still lay in ruins. Let's remember that the Israelites had always had a home for God either in the mobile tabernacle in Moses' time that they kind of moved around, but that God was always there in the Holy of Holies, or with the construction of the first temple by King David. It was incredibly important for the people that God had a home. So the exile obviously had shaken this understanding, this whole theological foundation for the Israelites this understanding that God lives among them when the temple was destroyed and the people were just exiled to all sorts of different lands. How could God be with them all if they could not gather at the temple where God lived? They struggled with this understanding all throughout exile. And the prophets that were active in the exile, spoke of this struggle and encouraged the people to stay faithful to God, that they would return someday. And so initially, when the remnant went back to Jerusalem, they do try to tackle the temple. But you know, it was hard. And life kind of got in the way, and they needed places to live. And then the Samaritans were like, or Samarians were coming and um, kind of threatening them. And so the rebuilding of the temple was put on hold for about 16 years. That's when Haggai speaks up. He is anxious to see God's temple restored and the nation rebuilt because God has told him that God will redeem all of the people of the world through the Israelites. And the temple is central to this redemptive plan of God. And Haggai makes sure we know that it's a plan from God because thus says the Lord is repeated many, many times. Thank you. But Haggai is a little bit critical of the remnant because he says that they're spending too much time building their own fancy homes instead of restoring the temple. He challenged the remnant to return to true repentance and covenant faithfulness and that their obedience to God would lead to blessing. And the new Jerusalem would be the center of God's glorious new kingdom. But again, it's probably worth saying again, it had been difficult. Seventy years of exile means that at least one whole generation has passed. And anyone that remembered the old Jerusalem is either gone or pretty old. 
most of the remnant that was returning, they were returning to a home that they had never actually known. Their whole lives had been shaken to the core. They needed to lay a foundation for their lives where they could build something for themselves before they felt that they could really set their eyes on the temple. The temple, something that most of them had only heard about in stories. So they needed encouragement. They needed someone to tell them to keep going and not give up. Someone to remind them that they have a part in God's story and that God needs them to do their part. Even when it's hard, even when they might not see the end of the story, even when other matters seem more pressing. When I first read Nichelle Nichols' story, my favorite part is that string of encouragement, the way one person is connected to another, to another. From Martin Luther King Jr. telling her, you cannot, you cannot. For the first time on television, we will be seen as we should be seen every day, as intelligent, quality, beautiful people who can sing, dance, and go to space, who are professors and lawyers. To Nichols' work as a NASA recruiter and Dr. Mae Jemison being so inspired by Ms. Nichols' role that she ended up the first African-American woman in space. These are no small things. But really they just started with a, a word or a conversation or doing your job to the best that you can or offering a little bit of help. These are things so seemingly small but that can change the world that can encourage others to do things they couldn't do without you. And in that encouragement, we become a part of the faithful remnant, those who work for God's purposes, who see our part in a bigger story that God is working on. So this week, I challenge you to look for the places where you can give encouragement. Encouragement to keep going, to not give up, even when it's hard. Because you never know who will be inspired to reach for the stars. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.